off top. Aphid. It's a tiny little insect that lives on plants that reproduces asexually, clones of itself. And they're born pregnant with clones of themselves already inside. And they reproduce almost a week after they are born. And they continue to reproduce and reproduce until they take over a plant to the point that there's no more space for new aphids. So then they start to reproduce new clones that are no longer green, but black and grow wings and fly away to find new plants. Play the f- music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, Charlie. So the aphids, I love them. They're confusing. They don't make any sense to me. I don't understand anything about anything, but I love to learn new things and share them with you. And I think like two or three uh, off tops ago, you said you knew it. No way you knew about the aphids. Not a bit. I knew nothing about aphids, the word I had never even heard before, but I'm very in on cloning, uh, potentially want to clone my dog. And I think we'll get to it, but Kyle Shanahan seems to be able to just clone running backs that can get five and a half yards per carry. So he's sort of, uh, an aphid of the running game. I appreciate you, um, making the sports tie. Cause I try to every week. I didn't have one for, for this one, but anyway, I know you got a fun game for us today, so I will turn it over to you, my friend. Okay, we're pretty fired up about this. We had a wonderful weekend of football. And, you know, you sit on the couch, you watch seven hours of commercial free football, you hear cliches <laughs> and gas bagging slung at you. And sometimes you're like, all right, come on, just tell me what's going on. Sometimes they're true. And so we're going to play a game called Next Cliche Up. I'm going to tell you the, the cliche, the situation, things that you've heard a million times about football teams and football players. And I want you to let me know. Valid, not valid? Should we toss this cliche in the trash? The first one, you hear it all the time. They just have that team's number. <laughs> and that one actually, like, I, I want to talk about the Bengals. Yeah. Because the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs three times in a row. And if I say to you, or you hear Joe Buck or Troy Aikman say, the Bengals just have the Chiefs number, <sighs> what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so the cliche itself is does feel like, so I do think that some cliches are a good way to say a bunch of things um, in a concise way and some cliches like we don't have an explanation so we're going to say this instead and to just have someone's number I think falls in that category where I think it's probably it's hard to argue that it's not true in this case they beat them three last times but to me what I want to know is why they have their numbers like where is the advantage what is the the coaching twist that they're doing that helps them out where is the player advantage that makes it uh, impossible for this team to beat this other team I can't find that thing because these teams like they beat them in different ways. And I went back and watched uh, their regular season game. Like we remember the playoff game, the playoff game, they lost the chiefs lost because Patrick Mahomes turned it to somebody else. Like they kind of ruined that, uh, that goal line or that red zone opportunity just before halftime. And then Patrick Mahomes came out in the second half and was terrible. And part of that was because of the three, rushers with a lot of defenders dropping back and the chiefs were refusing to run the ball. But then in this game, they beat them for, I mean, a little bit of a different reason is because the chiefs were fine with running the ball. And I think Patrick Mahomes only threw it like 27 times. And so when you have Patrick Mahomes, you do not 
only want him to throw the ball 27 times. So it's kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't playing against this team, which I guess boils down to them having their number. But anyway, I wanted to go back to the regular season um, 21 game because I'd forgotten how crazy the end of that game was. If you remember, the game was tied and the Bengals were just about on the goal line and they went for it on fourth down, which to me didn't make any sense. It was like a minute left. Like, why not kick the field goal and, and, um, and take the lead? They went for it on fourth down. They missed it, but as a penalty, they got another chance to do it again. And then they're like, all right, well, they won't be stupid. They'll kick it this time. And no, they went for it again. And they got another penalty. And they're like, all right, all right, let's kneel it out and set up to kick this field goal. It worked out for them, but yeah, I guess to answer your original question, I can't say that that I like that particular cliche, <laughs> but it is kind of true. We all accept that the Chiefs are better than the Bengals when the Bengals have beaten them three times in a row. We have to say, like the Chiefs, the Bengals may not be a better overall team, but they're definitely better than the Chiefs. And there's something that's really interesting where I'm going to go cliche within a cliche, cliche, cliche exception if you will, uh, Joe Burrow. And I'm only partially kidding about this. He actually seems to have the clutch gene. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter against the chiefs again, which they've done. Uh, they did in 2021. And obviously he was dominant in the second half in the playoffs last year. And he is so good in high leverage situations. And that's really what we're talking about here. The whole clutch gene thing. He's just really good in high leverage situations for the defense. And he was so good that he had defensive backs apologizing for talking trash before the game. He legitimately got Justin Reed to apologize and say, I didn't show them enough respect after a game. And you know, this from the defensive back perspective, that has got to be like the ultimate form of bowing down and being like, Holy shit, this guy's good. Yeah. And he does it in ways that don't that like when Josh Allen does it, it looks like spectacular. Like, I guess Joe Burrow, the things that he accomplishes is spectacular, but he doesn't have very many of those plays that were like, oh, this is going to live on social media forever. You know, like we don't get those Justin Herbert passes, but he just makes plays and it helps to have uh, Jamar yeah. Chase out there and T Worth Higgins and sure. an improved offensive line and their defense is, is playing really well. So, yeah, I mean, this is an all-around good team that I don't think is coached all that well at the head coach or offensive spot. Like, I'm not sure that they got a ton of solutions to some easy coverages to beat, but they're really good, and they're finding ways to make things happen. So, yeah, they're, they are uh, cliche on top of cliche on top of cliche. Cliche, they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. They're a team that nobody wants to play. Joe Burrow, not a highlight guy, but deceptively athletic. now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and boom on yeho tequila came in with a smooth assist to hypnotic's tropical fruit finish shaken strained poured it was green and good the playmaking splash shifted the tempo Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. 
big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. All right, the next one I have for you. This is a next man up league. And Brock Purdy... He's the next man up, and he has to be ready to play and run this team. Brock Purdy obviously went in for Jimmy Garoppolo, who broke his foot, is out for the season. For the 49ers, who look to have maybe the best defense in football and the best group of skill position players in football, and we were penciling them in as a legitimate threat to the Eagles and Cowboys in the NFC. Your thoughts on this cliche? That cliche does not apply to that position for 31 teams, but for the 32nd team. I might accept that cliche for the 49ers. I'll accept that cliche because you can't go next man up for your freaking quarterback most of the time. But the 49ers kind of managed to do it. If it's the Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick of the draft, it kind of feels like you shouldn't be able to do it. But they lost um, Jimmy G in the first quarter. And Purdy played well enough. I mean, it seemed like he wanted to hand it or throw it to Christian McCaffrey every snap, which is a good strategy when yeah. you are uh, a seventh round quarterback who is didn't get any reps in practice that week. But I, I have to, I was going to say that it changes my expectations for this team, but I'm not sure it does that much. It's like, I, I did not think this team was championship caliber because I feel like at some point they're going to need Jimmy to make some plays and the playoffs and we haven't seen him do it and it's not like there's a small sample size right he's had plenty of chances and it doesn't seem like he can do it however i guess the the positive spin on them is or the the way to look at it and be optimistic is you're going to need a couple of like outstanding miraculous plays through the course of the playoffs it doesn't always have to be the quarterback but chances are the quarterback has the best chance to be that guy they have so many good players, like from Debo to McCaffrey to Ayuk. And then on the other side of the ball, got uh, Hufanga and and um, and Warner and, like, Bosa. So, like, there can be somebody. And I, I like to point to that Vaughn Miller uh, Broncos championship team as a way that you can go through the playoffs and win a Super Bowl because you have a Hall of Famer on your team and not at the quarterback, even though they did. So, yeah, it's possible, but I don't know. I guess Purdy is not – it'd be disrespectful to say that Purdy is just as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. He's definitely going to be a step down. But the way that they design their game plans, they're not asking much of Jimmy G in the first place. So they're still going to be a competitive team, but I don't see them as championship caliber, especially on the arm of Purdy. And I think we should, I, I, we all like to rag on Jimmy G 
he was playing the best stretch of football he had played since he tore his ACL this season after the McCaffrey trade, which is worth noting. He had really limited the oh no, oh no, oh no, Jimmy Garoppolo plays. Um, but with that said, I agree with you. Cliche alert. We're adding it in. They're still in the hunt. Um, and part of that is because after I just complimented Jimmy Garoppolo, I do want to say this is something that we looked up a while ago. We should notice, note how poor Jimmy Garoppolo has played in the postseason in his 49ers mm-hmm. career. And if that's the baseline that Brock Purdy needs to for them to be somewhat successful in the postseason, that's a clearable bar. He's played six postseason games with the 49ers, 7.3 yards per attempt, 137 yards per game. He's thrown four touchdowns in six games and six interceptions. Like he is, if that's the baseline, that is below passable. And the question is basically, is Brock Purdy going to be an NFL quarterback? Because if he's, if he is 140 yards a game and, you know, 0.4 touchdowns is very doable. Um, I also want to note one thing is that Fred Warner might've had the best quote ever about this. Fred Warner, who is actually starting to like, I feel like jump off the screen when you watch these games, like to the regular person. Like I know that linebacker off ball linebacker for the 49ers. He's he's crazy. But he said after the game, he's played against the best defense in the league for the past 13 weeks. He'll be fine. Yeah. That's, that's a a great quote, but it doesn't mean anything. He's, He's been the scout team quarterback. If you don't understand how scout team works, they send you out there and they make you fail. Like he's not going out there, actually going up against that defense. They're like the defense knows the plays. They've watched all the plays that they're going to see in practice earlier today. And then you go out there and run them. And then the defense succeeds on them. If they fail, you run it again and make sure the defense succeeds on those plays. But yeah, I mean, I guess the speed will help. And to be honest, the real uh, like reason to believe in him is that Kyle Shanahan's never had a bad quarterback. Right. You look at all the quarterbacks that, that have played for him. He's gotten something out of all of them. And I think your question before is like, is he going to give us uh, Zach Wilson or Mike White? It's, it's all we need. We don't need anything greater than uh, Mike White. Just need Mike White out there or something less than that, honestly. Would you would you sign Baker if you were them? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they're in no position to be like being picky right now. Anybody with some talent, I would bring them on. And Baker seems like the guy who would want an opportunity to prove himself. And he has like some level of athleticism to boot and do things with. Oh, yeah. And, and accuracy, which matters. So, yeah, I think it's worth going take a shot at him, take a shot at anybody. God, that would be. For us, please do that, 49ers. That's the maximum oh amount of drama. So, oh, so please. Great team. Um, let's move on to the next one. And this is a, a cliche I hear from time to time. And I think that we're really seeing the most actualized form of this cliche. The best defense is a good offense. And I think the Denver Broncos would disagree. The best defense <laughs> is their defense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great cliche that i do think is accurate it doesn't apply to the denver broncos uh i said this before i don't care what the stats suggest they are the best defense in football not only because the stats suggest that they are very good 
but because it is very challenging from an emotional, psychological standpoint to go out there time after time and play your asses off and get them the ball back and get them short fields and then see nine points and still week after week show up and play your ass off like that puts them in front of the 49ers for me i don't care if the 49ers are actually better by the numbers the 49ers have some hope yes they're gonna only score 13 points like they did uh against the the saints but sometimes they're gonna give you 35 with a backup quarterback so yeah the broncos man and i I just imagine in that flight home it's crazy that's right home from denver or excuse me from baltimore back to denver had to be really contentious. Like I've been on some flights that were contentious. I went on, was on a flight home from a playoff win where a couple of guys fought. So like, I, I don't know what's going on in those flights, but it has to be tough and showing up to a building for work like that. Whew. So yeah, I hats off to them from an emotional maturity standpoint to be able to show up and play the ass off and credit to, um, Defensive coordinator was that uh, Evero, right? Yeah, he's doing a great job. Him and um, and D'Amico Ryan should be considered for head coaching jobs this offseason. We'll see what happens, though. Yeah, and um, I'm forgetting the Bengals defensive coordinator, but Big Lou. Oh yeah, also Lou, late to the party, but also a great defense coordinator. Um, also, we say this every week, but I just want to keep a tally of it. Uh, if the Broncos scored 18 points in regulation every game this season, they'd be 10 and two, and they're three and nine. Uh, but I digress. Anaromo, right? Lou Anaromo. Yeah. yeah. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, next one. You can't lose your job to injury. This is the old Wally Pipism. And I say to that, why not? Because Tony <laughs> Pollard is getting touches now and he's the best running back in the NFL. I'm not saying that to, as a hot take. I just genuinely believe that. And along with the return of Dak, the Cowboys are an incredibly explosive offense. They now lead the NFL in point differential. So to me, I know you have loyalty to your guys, but if an injury leads to the best player being out there, shouldn't that be the way forward? Yeah. I mean, the thing with that is with them, it doesn't matter (laughs) to me who starts because I do think that Zeke provides value and there probably was and Zeke um, gave voice to this that last year, it's just like in the number of carries they were given Pollard would like make him uncomfortable, but he's not uncomfortable with that anymore. Or at least he says that, which is like, yeah, you got your money, Zeke. <laughs> like yeah. right now. Yeah. You are like team guy is what should uh, be at the top of the list for things to accomplish. But like we talked about this before, like Zeke inside the tackles and, right. and Zeke falling forward for short runs is not something that ce- gets celebrated, but I think it matters to this offense. And on top of that, his pass protection, all that stuff has value. Having him out there for those snaps and having Pollard out there for his snaps or having them both out there at the same time doing different things. Like to me, there is like, this is not a Wally Pip situation. Right. Unless Tony Pollard just wants to hear his name called and run out of the tunnel. If that's the case, then I don't know. Have the starting lineup be with two backs and then he can do all that. I thought that you were going to go to the Ravens with that one. Which, like, I know it's an absurd thing to say <laughs> and it's like uh, Lamar's not going to lose his job. 
However, we're going to have to start hearing about how this offense doesn't look that much different when Lamar is injured. And I, based on what they've been doing the last several weeks, it's going to be hard to disagree with that. And honestly, Huntley's sort of a luxury backup. Like he yeah. was very competent last year as well in stretches when we thought, yeah, you know, they were going to be cooked without Lamar. So I think that you're right. That noise will get louder. I do have one other thing about the Cowboys because I think I think I'm sort of enamored with this team in, a, in an interesting way because they've been so anonymously maybe the best team in the NFC yeah. uh, over the last six weeks. But okay, I think. If you want to slot the Eagles in as as a one in the NFC, no one's going to disagree with that. They're eleven and one. They just stomped on the Titans. Um, but in the six games since Dak has been back from injuries, the Cowboys have scored forty plus three times. And yesterday, their thirty three point fourth quarter differential tied the NFL record, which was set in nineteen twenty five by the Chicago Cardinals over the Milwaukee Badgers. When you're tying records that are against the Milwaukee Badgers, that's a real record. That's incredible. Yeah. Yep. Um, they're going to be fun to watch. I guess the, the hype is going to get super high. They're going to be a good team. I think that Eagles game got game of the year potential. It's going to be really fun, but watching when they play the Eagles, but watching the Eagles dismantle the Titans and dismantle just about everyone they play is really hard. And also like my guy, Jeff, poor Jeff. Yeah. Leader of men slipping that <laughs> cliche. Um, yeah. He forgot how to lead men. Let's go to one last cliche. We're gonna uh, do we, some some uh, Anthony Davis talk at some point. Yeah, yeah, we'll do one last cliche real real quick. Or uh, this is a speed round. We'll get to Anthony Davis. Um, this is what I totally believe. He let the air out of the stadium. That's what Aaron Rodgers did in Chicago. That entire stadium was it was a morgue once he started coming back in that game. I mean, yeah, it's. I... The emotional swings of uh, fan bases, yeah, it's it's a real thing. We can hear it. It's a cliche that matters. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers, I guess Aaron Rodgers showing up anywhere in Chicago is a bad, like it puts everyone in the area in a bad mood because he owns them and tells them about it. But yeah, that I found myself like realizing that that game meant so much more to Chicago than it did to the Packers. And I kind of wanted them to win it because I thought that they'd be so happy, but I guess the fans don't really want to, the the um, Bears fans. A lot of them are like rooting for draft picks now, which, you know, disgusts me. So I definitely needed them to win then because of that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, Hoopstock. Let's, let's talk Anthony Davis real quick because I texted you about this in the middle of football yesterday. The quietest 55 and 17 imaginable because it got buried by an excellent NFL Sunday. Over his last 10 games, 34, 15, three blocks a game. The Lakers are eight and eight and two. Um, and I say this unironically. Uh, he is playing like the best player in the N- NBA, and this is not sustainable. He's now first in PER. He's second in win shares behind Jokic. He's second in defensive win shares behind Evan Mobley. Uh, this is stunning. This turnaround, yeah. this team, we left the Lakers for dead. Yeah. And he, so it's the style of play that's more impressive and interesting to me than anything. And like they, this run was against, they lost to the Suns, who are a really good team. And they lost to Indy, who's like not bad. They're an okay team. They beat up on some bad teams, but the Milwaukee game is the one that stands out to me. They beat Milwaukee in a tight game at the end. And the way that Anthony Davis is playing is kind of a way that you so his shooting percentages are up like he's he's bubble shooting again which is something we didn't know he could do ever again but it's not even the ability to shoot it's the ability to attack the basket to play aggressively and i know that we're past counting stats like points and rebounds and steals and blocks but i do think that for him these stats particularly like blocks and rebounds and points in the paint like these stats matter because that's not because he's so unique that's never what people want him to do they want him to or, or what he wants to do like he played the five for much of this run and there he's playing at the center in a two three zone and like actually have an impact on on Giannis and he is I feel like Giannis is just a, a touch more like natural as an athlete yeah than good. Anthony Davis but he's pretty damn close watching them on the floor together and go up against each other it's like there's not a huge difference of Anthony Davis at his best in Giannis. And they, to be very clear, like, so he was, he's played center for 98% of his minutes this season, which Man. is the first time in his career he's ever, he's ever been a full-time center. Um, they tried to guard him with Giannis. They tried to guard him with Brooke Lopez. They tried to guard him with Bobby Portis. And he did something different to all of them. He was playing like an evolutionary Kevin McHale, which is like, which is sort of what we've wanted. And what's really fun about this is, and credit to Darvin Ham, credit to uh, Anthony Davis for this, they are not playing the slow it down heliocentric basketball where LeBron makes the decision, gives the ball to someone who isolates on a mismatch, and then they just go. They are doing what they did in the bubble. They're doing what, what Anthony Davis did his last two years in New Orleans. It is a spread pick and roll offense where he is a screen and roller. And he is, I can I will say this with certainty, he is the best roller in the NBA. Above Joel Embiid, above Jokic, above Giannis, he is the best at that particular skill, and it has completely changed what I think that offense could be. And it seems like like Westbrook seems happy <laughs> too. Like he's doing pelvic gyrations on the floor. Like the man is having fun yeah. and not putting up big numbers and has a role. Like he's sometimes the ball handler in those pick and rolls, which is like I don't know why people play up on him and don't like fall back but they do enough maybe it's just his explosiveness that he still has it it has an impact on the defense but yeah it's this is what I guess we imagined it would be is like all right LeBron will put up respectable LeBron numbers but this will be Anthony Davis's team 
Yeah. I mean, uh, the last couple games, he had over 20, but he's not. That's a, th- This is the interesting it, thing. You know where LeBron really makes me sad? And it's not sad. It's, it's like I'm reminded of his age on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. And it's like, he I guess when we get to the playoffs, he'll turn it on and try to lock down because it doesn't look like he can't. It just looks like he's like, nah, man, it's year 20. I ain't going to do this 82 games. <laughs> the LeBron thing is interesting because we have been faced with this is the year. He When he plays as your primary option on offense and your primary stopper on defense, he makes your basketball team worse. And I know that's a crazy thing to say, um, but for 20 years, 19 years, the exact opposite has been true. Every year he's been positive in like net efficiency and net rating. And this year he is there four points worse per 100 possessions with him on the floor. And Davis is able to that those numbers are going to change now that he is a true number two and Davis is a true number one. But we have been basically gifted to basically watch him be a heliocentric ball handler and control the game and control the game better than anyone has ever controlled a basketball game. He's the best decision maker ever. That is no longer something he can do on his own. And watching him adjust to that, being the smartest player I've ever seen, is actually fascinating because he can, he can actually look down the lane and be like, that guy is better than me. He needs to get a touch in a spot that benefits him, not what I think my decision-making is going to benefit the offense. Yeah, but I mean, he hasn't gotten less smart is the no, thing. Just So, like, I guess it doesn't look like his athleticism is leaving him. So, like, I'm – it sounds stupid to say in year 20 that the, uh, like – his efficiency numbers are like are going to regress positively at some point, but like, I don't see the reason why he can't do this stuff going forward just because it hasn't been happening up until now. doesn't mean, I don't know. I guess I, I don't see LeBron as being, which I, I don't think you're saying this. LeBron is not going to be a net ne- negative. Even no, if he's not his, uh, if his advanced stats say that he is right now, he just needs to operate in a new role that we've never seen him operate in. And that happens to Every single great player. And it's just crazy how long LeBron fought that off. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Charlie, for the fun game today. Thank you, Ashley, for showing up and making this show a lot prettier and smarter and more fun. Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott, Adi Khan, you're the best. Also, Charlie, any plugs? Listen and watch Debatable. It's good. More Dominique Foxworth, Pablo Torre, and a bevy of other friends. You know, it just hit me that this is probably Kanye West's least favorite podcast. Me and you together, he has to hate it. He must. He's so good! How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. Time for everybody's favorite Foxworth. Ashley, Roses and Thorns. Hello. You know I don't like when you say that, but it's okay. I mean, it's, it's, okay. I, it's okay. I, okay. Don't say it's true because that's what really pisses me off when you say it's I true. I mean, it is true. So did I just say don't say it's true because that's what really pisses me off when you say it's true? And then you said, I mean, it is true. I mean, the truth should not say okay. It's okay. You cannot piss me off. It is the holiday season. It is my happy time. I'm great. Guys, do you know? Well, you don't know, but I want you to guess. Since Dominique, like not even since we were married and we had kids, but like since before we were married and we were dating, like when Apple had the most basic looking like emojis or like personalized emojis, but like nowhere near as good as they are now. What my image, like when I call Dominique, 
and he doesn't have many people like images for their contact, but I do because I was special all along what mine was. Like you would want it to be like the girl that you're dating. Like you want it to be like a pretty picture or something sexy. Take a guess what it was. Are we listening? Are we waiting to hear the people guess now? Is that? I know. I'm just saying that, Dominique. Like I know I'm right. actually guessing. It's a f- Mrs. Claus. A black Mrs. Claus, at least. No, it's but you. It, oh, it's you on a sled in Christmas season. Or in, um, well, not in Christmas season. You just have on a me. Santa hat. I mean, it's a, it's a brown skin. Yeah. It looks like you. I'll send you the picture. It looks like you. It's not it's Mrs. Mrs. Claus because it has Mrs. Claus doesn't have a Santa hat. It's just you and a Santa hat on a sled. Okay, no well, winter. it's me as Santa. How about? But like all year round, and like I get it because I really love the holiday, so I wasn't offended by it. But then part of me was like, man, you're like out, and people are like, who's that calling you? Like, and it's your girlfriend with a cartoon and a Santa hat. Like I always have mixed feelings about it, but now I fully embrace it and love it. I. And Mrs. Claus, it makes me so happy. It Again, so it's happy. not Mrs. Claus. It's you and a Santa hat, but whatever. Or a cartoonized version of you. And 14 a Santa years, hat. I've considered it Mrs. Claus, but okay, you tell me now. <laughs> You've been so. wrong for 14 years about that and probably some other things, but. And for him, it's the Grinch. Like, I'm joking. He did used to try to be kind of like not into the holidays, but he's kind of along with me and embracing it now. And I love it. I love him for it. He's the best. So, um, I can anticipate some of my thorns from this past week already, but uh, I'll get out of the way and let you hit me with some roses and thorns. Well, what do you think some of your thorns are? Um, Just being too damn handsome all the time. It's really (laughs) difficult for you to focus on the things that you need to focus on during the holiday season. Okay, okay. And also, like, it makes it uncomfortable for you when, like, other, like, moms of our kids can't stop looking at me and it's oh, just it's weird oh okay 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 yeah yep. that's that's definitely so i'm sorry one. about that i can't do anything about it i try to wear baggy or clothes yeah because that that booty since he did his little 150 bike miles and 40 on the treadmill last week that booty sitting nice and high um <laughs> always got a great butt you do you do you do but even with like his concern about like his abs not being as abby or his pecs not looking bigger than my small breasts like he has never ever ever thought ill of his butt he loves yeah, but it's fantastic like i mean it's it also is like he's such a psycho y'all i'm not a psycho it's like the truth like i you say i got body dysmorphia i don't have body dysmorphia like i know that my body looks good relative to like normal people but it doesn't look as good as it once did but the butt's never gone away like i got a great butt i'm like uh, but... you don't think it used to be greater um probably but i don't know i don't see it enough but i just know generally it's (laughs) never going to be bad like it's just genetically i got great speed and athleticism explosive hips and quads great yes it's just it's all in the caboose and i got a great one so i'm sorry now that we like when i was young we all wore baggy clothes ladies couldn't appreciate it yeah i mean Show that thing off. Now you be wearing them tight pants. Gentlemen couldn't see it either. A lot of people was missing out on some good looks. But now, got these tight pants on and the streets of New York, people are real impressed. Has anyone by. ever complimented you on your butt? Uh, no. Now that you wear tight pants? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, actually, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I mean, I don't need to comment. So I know the truth. He doesn't need it because get... he, yeah, he's full of it himself. All right. Roses and thorns. So my thorn actually isn't that, but I will say my thorn is like, I mean, it's relevant, particularly during holiday season, but it's also like, I have to like 
force thorns. So that's something we'll address in a bit, but I'll go ahead and give you your thorn. It's your party exiting etiquette. Holiday party season, you know, I feel like some of the parties are back a bit. Like we need to, to uh, go over some things. Yeah. You should have known it was coming because we went to a mutual like or friends of ours houses, but like I'm friends with the wife. They met at our wedding. Like we are separately friends with both. The husband is Dequel, who's been on here with him before i think um but so like one of his best friends and they had a friendsgiving we're at their house i think like initially it was just one of our kids but then my parents dropped off the other two because they had them at a play this is like a two-week-old thorn i feel like you complained about this already on here i don't think i did i think i never okay. got to it and that's but to my point remember that hold that hold that um thorn. holding it but generally it's like a recurring thorn though throughout like our marriage so i think especially during holiday party season time it's worth bringing up so Dominique, as soon as our older daughter gets there, we're at our friend's house. We've just been there for 10 minutes. He breaks into the food before they intended serving the food. And his defense it was only my food. I fried fish for it. And like fried food doesn't hold well. So like the other stuff wasn't ready. So he was like, F this, I'm opening up the fish that my wife brought and like making my plate, even though like the hostess wasn't really like serving food yet. But anyway, that I don't even knock before that much because it would have been bad later or not as good later. But um, he within 10 minutes was looking up on Fandango like movie times to go see Glass Onion. some movie with my daughter. Um, yeah. And I'm like, you just got here. Like, that's so rude. Like, that's not how you leave a party. So that's one of his moves. He just leaves early when the F he feels like it. And like, may it's not like he had pre-existing movie plans. So people were like, oh, where did Dominique go? I was like, oh, he had plans to go to a movie with my daughter. I didn't mention that he just made the plans at the party because like that sounded kind of rude, right? But I'm like, oh, we have, they have plans early. Yeah, father-daughter date. So cute. Um, but another move of his is I, okay, how do I describe it? Because I get a lot of people don't watch. I'm doing it. But like when he's ready to go from a party, you just start seeing him like last when he puts up like his index finger and starts like twirling his little wrist. And that makes it sound so feminine. Um, but does this little lasso, a wrap it up sign to me. Yeah, um, to I'm go. sure there's like a, so it's probably like a play call signal or a referee signal in some sport that I could better explain it to this ESPN audience with, but I don't know it. But he does that. And he's done that literally for like, 10 years to me like it's time to go and I'm like mother effort that's rude one and I was like we actually might get left guys like you wouldn't leave you and a couple like yeah we see him almost leave you before you might want to go um so when he has when he's ready to exit a party I feel like he needs some some suggestions on what to do do stay for more than 10 minutes that's one don't Mm -hmm. throw your finger up at me and then also, this is just a selfish one. Do participate in photo booths with me because the family invested in having the photo booth at the party. And so you might as well take pictures with me in it. So that's just some party etiquette for you. And that's thank you. But as you said, it's an old thorn because like, I feel like it's hard for me to come up with thorns. I can come up with a bunch of roses. You, even though you have are a self-described man of not faith took the kids to church with me yesterday, which we've only done honestly a couple of times over the pandemic. We used to do every weekend and I want to get back to it every weekend. I realized if we can go to holiday parties, we can also go to church. Like COVID is not a reason to not go to church. So you and you like are so supportive of that, even though it's not like something that you really care about. That's a rose. My back has been really screwed up because I went from having rowed for 20 minutes total in my life to getting a rower and rowing like 30 minutes a day, apparently bad form um so my back's been hurting you've been like helping me stretch and doing all this stuff you've been down for my holiday fun festivity around the house and going on holidays and the couple holiday parties and our daughter had a birthday party this weekend where they went to see clueless i'm like oh, out of theater this was and rough she- 
And we were then we were going to lunch uh. across the street. So I had to leave the theater a couple of times to go check on stuff like at lunch and drop stuff off at the restaurant. And um, he was stuck in a theater with a bunch of like preteen girls. We don't. Um, so like, can I can I jump in here? So like, we don't like you held it down. You held it down. We don't like we're not overly like um policy of like ratings for our kids to watch movies or listen to music or anything like that. But like, I'm aware that some parents aren't. So like it was a PG-13 movie. And I know and I had cleared it with all the parents. I, yeah, I know. I'm not worried about that. Our daughter had turned 12. All the parents knew that it was PG-13. They were fine with it. I hadn't seen the movie. I wasn't allowed than... to see it when I was 12. So like, yeah. I was kind of jealous. So yeah. I was sitting there watching it in a room in a theater with like 12 to 15 11 to 12 year old girls and I don't know if you guys remember Clueless but aside from the fact that she falls in love with her ex-stepbrother who's in college while she's in high school they also like have parts where they talk about the curvature of a man's anatomy they talk about their virginity trying to get rid of it or hold on to it it's just like a lot of stuff that like watching with my daughter I would have no problem with watching with a bunch of other people's daughters like, ah, I don't feel great about that yeah, I was gone during those parts. So he's like live tech. He's like, this is awful. This is, oh my God, this is a mess. Um, but he was quiet. So then I get back at one point and he leaves, I think to go like re-up the meter in the car or something. And there's a scene, which I don't even remember this, but like she's dating this guy who seems to be like gay, um, but she doesn't realize it. So then she's hanging out with Murray, um, Dion's boyfriend. And Murray's like, calls him. He's like, what? You're you like Christian? You know, he's like, I can't remember it because it's a slang that I've never heard. But it was some like slang that you was, said that they said a cake boy, cake boy or cake man, I think. Um, oh. I didn't want to say it was a bad thing to say. I didn't want to say it, Dominique. But I, it's clue. I never heard of it. But at this point, I have to stand up in the theater. So it's luckily it's only our group. In there. I'm like, girls, so many things were said in the 90s that, and then right after that, there was something else about like wanting a boyfriend. I was like, also, ladies, boyfriends are whack. Like, and so it, I, I think I was on like my third announcement when not my daughter, whose party it was, she was probably in the back where her friends mortified, but my six year old walks down to me and is like, mommy, how many more announcements are you going to make? You really should stop. And I said, ooh, okay, before I get kicked out of this theater. Um, but there were just so many like, but luckily my kids um, and all of their friends go to like a really progressive school. And so I heard them say by my last time, like, we know Mrs. Foxworth, this is presenting stereotype depictions of blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, good. Like, luckily they have good critical thinking and I think maybe aren't going to be scarred by it. But you did well in there. Way more advanced than we are. I know, or... so much better. Um, but anyway, because we were watching things like that in the 90s and that was the norm. Um, but generally my thought, you know, what what do you think? Why do you think I wore a it? present Christmas? Yes, because it's like it's too early. Some people say to like, but it's not actually a Christmas sweater to like go super hard with my Christmas wardrobe. I mean, I have been like I wore a Esther Roll as Mrs. Claus shirt to a party on Saturday, but um, with a red sequence skirt. But like my sister teases me. She's like, Ashley, like you shouldn't start wearing Christmas sweaters till like the week before Christmas, which is just so dumb. Like, how do you get your money's worth out of them if you do that? But anyway, so I didn't want to come on here in my full fair aisle. But this, I was like, you know what? This has red and green and other colors in it, but it's got a bow because I am a present to you. You're a present to me. But anyway, Jenna, let's wrap this up with, I'm tired of doing roses and thorns personally like i'm not saying i'm willing to give up my little segment because i really do love these oh, i thought you were retiring you just want a, a new I, mean, I guess i could i could retire i could walk away and we could just have dates like without sarah and christina and abby here but um like we're maybe even a person not on zoom from different rooms of the house or different cities when they're different cities but i just feel like 
it's like hard. Like you are great. Like, especially during the holidays, I'm just so full of love. I don't want to think about the negative things about you. Like I'm all about the positive. Um, I could make like a long ass list of roses, but you wouldn't like That's that. That's how you get better. You got to get better. You need some critical analysis or you can I know, never get better. But I don't want to. So I'm thinking like. You don't want to get better? Well, I don't want to have to be critical of you. You don't want to be great? It's not about me. I guess I guess we could flip it and you could do roses and thorns of me, but that's a definite no. Um, this isn't my show. Um, but so I'm like thinking, are there other things we can do with our segment? One thing that I really would love is if we called it duets and we just did duets. Do you think people would listen? Um, I think it's either uh, it's a double edged sword. Either we do duets well enough that we get sued or poorly enough that no one listens. So Okay, well, can I ask, you know? If anyone's listening and they have an idea, I personally don't have Twitter, but Dominique has Twitter. Um, I think, I don't know his Twitter is probably like Dominique Foxworth. Or it's something. at Foxworth24. Yeah. Okay. You can send me some suggestions. Yes, I'll be happy to. Because obviously we need suggestions because I don't want to do these thorns anymore. All right. Don't do thorns anymore. I We're just want to do roses. All right. We just retired a segment all together. This may be the last roses and thorns, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll surprise you next week. Merry Christmas. Oh, it's too early to say Merry Christmas. Well, anyway. maybe it is my Merry Christmas episode. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, because you may not be back. Oh, my God. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everyone, just in case. Thanks, Ashley, Bye. for showing up. Bye. I love you. Love you, too. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.